1: Dave is ready, so we'll head out now via the Hobson & Hobson newsmaker line. He is one of the great voices in all of college athletics, and I just read he's a Florida State grad. I'm not going to hold that against him because they had a chance to go to the college football playoff. Dave, good morning. Thanks for coming on. How are you doing?
2: Great, and I love how you just lead with Florida State. I mean, that couldn't (laughs) have been a better setup. I I was going to get into that at some point, but um, I, I know we're not here to talk about that, but let's just say this. If Florida State wins and they're left out, I'm you're going to see an angry I don't know what I'm going to do but there will be a voice a loud voice screaming it out here in the, the middle of Buckhead somewhere.
1: Well, here's the thing Dave, I am a Miami Hurricane and I never in oh, my I know. life oh, I'm well aware. I'm yeah. well aware. But I have yes. never in my life stuck up for Florida State, but I'm on your side on this one. If you go 13 and 0, I don't care if you find your quarterback in the crowd and you go 13 and 0, you need to go to the college football playoffs.
2: I agree with you, and here's the thing. Let, let's just say this is this is where I, I get uh, this is where I get kind of frustrated with the discussion about this. Florida State wins this game. Let's just say 13 to 10 because obviously Jordan Travis isn't there. The office it isn't as good as it probably could be with him, or we know it isn't as good as it could be uh, without him there. But your defense has been sensational. You have played. You've won games with defense. You've done what it what it's taken to win ball games, And so you're changing up a little bit. You're leaning more on that side of the ball. It doesn't mean you're a worse team and can't go compete. What if you win a game in a college football playoff 10-7? to 7? I just think that this whole thing about because you lose a guy changes the whole – picture of what your team is about just frustrates the heck out of me. If you win ball games, you beat the teams in front of you, you win your conference championship, you should be in there. I don't think there's any other question about it. Quit telling me teams are going to jump up with one loss. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> uh,
3: Dave, fired up. Dave, we're hearing some rumors uh, early this morning about mm-hmm. maybe Tate Rodemaker uh, not playing because of concussion-type stuff. Obviously, he took a vicious hit last week. Uh, are you hearing anything more about whether he'll play or not?
2: No, it's the same thing. You know, it's I, I got to tell you, you know, these these coaches and these medical staffs get really, really uh, tight-lipped when it comes to the concussion protocol stuff and um, when guys get hurt, that above-the-neck stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope he, he's able to go. But, um, you know, I, again, a lot of these coaches in, every week, man, and and uh, I, you sit down with these guys on Fridays, you Zoom with them sometimes in the middle of the week, and it's tough always to – uh, if Fridays is like the best time when we're doing games to sit down with coaches Friday nights at their hotels because you really get the skinny. A lot of times these coaches don't know. Uh, and people get tired. Oh, you know he's going to play. You know he's not going to play. But they really don't know until, you know, the Friday night or sometimes even that Saturday morning walk walkthrough. So I, I cut them a little bit of slack. And I know fans get frustrated with not knowing if guys are playing. And it affects, you know, certainly what they're thinking about doing on the weekend with their with their wallets um but i just I, these coaches just don't know sometimes and i think that's kind of the situation we're in now
3: he's dave neal espn sec network radio voice of the sec championship game Is this going to be your 25th time doing this bad boy
2: yeah man can you believe that this is like the thrill for me you, you know i get these middle of the road games and sometimes the bottom of the road but you know the bumpy road games uh, early in the year but Doing this game has been a real thrill for me over the years. There have been some of the most memorable moments. I, you know, I, it's not just because Georgia's in this game, but I, I people ask me all the time, what's the best game you've called? And I've had some some good ones during the regular season, you know, that bluegrass miracle in Kentucky, whatever it was, 20 years ago or something. And, uh, you know, Ole Miss going to the swamp, beating Tim Tebow's Florida team back in mm-hmm. whatever it was, 08 or 09. I mean, their list goes on and on. But, I mean, this the 2012 SEC championship game That's was – I mean, the amount of talent on the field that day, the level of play, the confidence, it was just incredible. And to me, while it wasn't a TV game, I was still just very fortunate to be doing the radio side of it. And uh, it's just – the the game's just fantastic. I mean, there are some blowouts, but for the most part, man, it's just – you've got nothing but NFL dudes on the field in this game.
3: What do you think is going to happen in this one? Is there a matchup you're focused on? Is there something you think – Puts one team over the edge, or gives some team the other uh, one of these guys an advantage.
2: Yeah, there's two things that really come come up uh, that, that come to the top of, the, of my mind when I think about this game, and that is is Alabama's run defense is not what it's what it's been, and Georgia seems to have found something in their run game here lately. And and you know, give a lot of credit to Kendall Milne, but also give a lot of credit to the depth of this offensive line at of Georgia. They've had to move some guys around and do some things up front, but they seem to be. It seems to be working, and the fact that some of these guys are getting healthy, some of the guys that have played a lot of snaps for Georgia, just tells me that they're uh, on a mission to run the football, and that's an area that Alabama hasn't been great in. They gave a bunch of rush yards last week. And on the flip side of things, I think that Jalen Milroe they have what a job Alabama has done in terms of finding a, a, the best way to use him down the stretch. Um, he's running the football at a really high clip. He's been hard to stop, and it's not going to necessarily be the – the 20-yard scramble, it's the seven-yard scramble that picks up a first down and moves the chains. And if Georgia's got to be able to find a way to kind of limit that. But uh, those are two things that really jump out to me right now. And obviously, if Bowers gets in the the game and is able to play at a decent level, that changes the whole dynamic for Georgia from an offensive standpoint.
3: Dave, you're doing games every week on TV for SEC Network. And uh, how hard is it to make a pivot from TV, the mechanics of TV, then to radio doing your job? And would you rather call a kind of a blowout game on TV, or would you rather call a great matchup game on radio?
2: Give me the radio all the time, man. It is radio from a play-by-play guy, the standard is the best. Um, uh, my dad obviously did a lot of TV stuff, but he was a radio guy at heart and uh, did a lot, you know, did the Falcons, got two or three different stints starting in the 70s on radio and and obviously moved in the TV world doing the college football and the NBA and stuff like that. And he always used to tell me, man, do radio as much as you can. It's, it's, it's just a great play by play guys game. And he's, he, he's so true. Uh, um, You know, you get to paint the picture, you get to set the scene. You don't have 86 meetings during the week. You don't have 86 (laughs) people in your headsets screaming and yelling you screwed that up or say this or don't say that or read this graphic and read this promo and all the stuff that goes on in TV it's all part of it and and I love it but radio is the best so give me a radio um, give me a radio game every time Um, you know even if it was two blowouts I would take the radio game over the TV but as you guys well know man there's a little bit more money in the TV world (laughs) we know So, (laughs) So, so I like to limit that a little bit
3: When you look at guys like uh, Larry Munson at Georgia, iconic, Uh, Dave Ward um, at at Tennessee, iconic, do you think we will see or experience or have an emotional attachment to our team's radio commentators anymore going forward? And I don't bring that question up to to knock any of the guys that have followed him because they're great as well, but there were so many iconic um, Georgia fans used to turn the radio on instead of the TV to hear Larry Monson. I don't know that that necessarily happens anymore. Maybe it's just how our viewing has has is maybe differently consumed now. But what do you make of that? Well,
2: here's here's what's happened. I don't think so in this one instance. And there are some great, love the radio guys that I deal with and see all the time. So and they're and they're awesome. To listen to, I catch a lot of them on the radio as I'm driving back from my game and stuff. And and but the problem is every game is on TV now, mm-hmm. and you go back to that era of those guys you're talking about, the John Wards, the Larry Muntins of the world that that you know are just just iconic voices and associated with those schools. You used to only have two or three games on a year on television, um, and so your source was either wait for the tape delayed broadcast or listen to it on the radio. Yep. Now every game's on TV, so fans have a way to, I guess, get away from the radio side of things. Um, you know, the hardcore people will still listen, and, you know, they'll listen in the stadium and all that stuff, and I think that's great. But I just think that's changed the dynamic of what the radio world is for these uh, for these schools. Um, so, anyway, I, I, I think that has changed it. Um, and, thankfully, you know, as a TV guy at heart, thankfully that has been the case. I'm, the more the merrier
3: for me. Yeah.
1: Dave, uh, in your history of calling the SEC championship game, and I know it's a neutral site, have you ever witnessed a fan base take over as far as being louder than the other uh, other fan base and the noise becomes a problem?
2: You know what? There have been a couple of games. I go back to Arkansas played in a couple of these things, and they just there was one year back. This was, gosh, this would probably have been early 2000s and, or maybe late 90s, and they weren't very good, and it was – just one of those things where they brought maybe five thousand fans to the game, and it was just incredible. There was a game Tennessee and Mississippi State years ago, uh, same kind of thing. Tennessee just swarmed the building with orange, um, so it has happened. But I tell you what, lately these matchups have been really good matchups for the most part, and the fan bases just uh, they love it. Man, this is this is the thing about these the playoff guys that I think is something that we need to watch going forward. T- this weekend the Power Five Conference championship games, most of them. I'd say the Big Ten probably is the one that, you know, you don't really care that much about just because of the matchup. But all of them have a huge impact on the college football playoff. Right. We go to a 12-team system, the impact of these games won't be as as significant. And I worry about that. Where does it take this game? What does it mean down the road for the programs? Um, so I, I, I hope this isn't the last weekend where – I mean, listen. Oregon, Washington is going to be a sick game. I mean, I the impact that that's going to have is incredible. The Florida State, Louisville thing, certainly Georgia, Alabama, even Texas, Oklahoma State. Obviously, Texas has got to put up a great show in that game. So I just hope we don't lose. I don't hope we don't lose the vibe that we have this weekend for these conference championships as we move forward in the in the new world of the college football playoff.
1: Well, Dave, have a great call tomorrow. We'll be listening right here on the Fan Six Eighty and Ninety Three Seven FM. I'd say good luck to your Knowles, but quite frankly, I wouldn't mean it. But I hope I hope for the College Football Playoff Committee. I hope for the College Football Playoff Committee they have that dilemma of putting them in because they've deserved it. They played really well this year.
2: Well, thank you for saying that. But the, I, I understand where you're coming from. I know that was painful, but I appreciate the sentiment.
1: <laughs> well, we appreciate you
0: coming on. Have a great call tomorrow.
1: Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed being with you. Have a good one. That's awesome. Dave Neal, our guest right there, via the Hobson Hobson Newsmaker line.
0: Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way